What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, another great episode of PFREI, a passion for real estate investments. I'm your host, Uquan Bilal. We got a special guest in the house, a cash flow expert, Mr. Chris Miles. He's a leading authority on how to quickly create cash flow and lasting wealth for thousands of his clients, entrepreneurs, and others internationally. He has been featured in US News, CNN Money, Bankrate.com, and has a high reputation for getting his clients life-altering financial results in his company, Money Ripples. After working as a traditional financial advisor and a stock coach for several years, Chris came to a stark realization that the financial advising industry was not showing anyone how to quickly and safely become financially prosperous today. So after leaving that industry, Chris was able to retire when he was 28 and has since worked to teach his effective, unique strategies for companies like Freedom Fast Track and Garrett Gunderson and now Money Ripples, while exposing the popular myths around money that have kept so many from enjoying financial freedom and peace at mind. Welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate you uh, coming and sharing some of that knowledge and wisdom. And, you know, the first question I usually ask people is, why are they passionate for real estate investment? But my question for you is, why are you passionate about financial prosperity? Yeah, well, I'm passionate about both because I do love real estate too. I mean, if there's a weapon of choice besides besides business, it's, it's real estate, you know, like awesome. real estate's awesome. You know, so, like it's- So tell me your passion for both. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you like real estate, I, one of the coolest things I think about it is that it's one of those assets that's true, right? It's not like stock markets where it just fluctuates based on whatever bipolar nature it's got, you know, like whatever emotions people are feeling. You know, real estate is a legitimate thing that people need. It creates massive value for the world, you know, and, and that's the, tr the trick is that dollars follow the value you create in the world, right? And, uh, and I think that's kind of where my financial prosperity and passion comes from that too, because, you know, like I wasn't always financially prosperous. I wasn't raised to learn about prosperity or anything. I was, I was raised like many people, right? You know, middle class, working parents, you know, where uh, you work forever, you know, you, you try to work for that same company for 40 years if they let you, right? Um, you get a good education, you get a good job, raise your family, and then you die. And, uh, and I realized that for me, that wasn't my path. You know, I, I really wanted something that was more than just that, mm. you know? So yeah. I, I really wanted something that actually gave me that control of my own destiny, my own freedom, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and that's when I realized that, uh, you know, financial prosperity is the thing that is kind of the, the gateway that gets you there. It doesn't solve all problems, right? But it's, it definitely removes some obstacles that allows you to be able to have that, that life that most of the time you always dream of. That's awesome, man. I got a ring. This is the first bell ring on the show. You said dollars follow the value that you create. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was awesome. A lot of people, you know, are out for self and they don't think about creating value for others. And that's, it's, a, it's great when you can create an impact because that reciprocity factor definitely kick in. 
So let's yeah. talk a little bit about alternative assets. Like, what is your take yeah. on alternative assets? Because I know when you were uh, working as a financial advisor, you were more on a traditional side. So why alternative assets? Yeah, when I worked on the traditional side, I did that for four years as a, the traditional financial advisor, save everything, spend nothing, you know, put it in the stock market, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but I started to look at evidence, like real evidence of what the numbers actually were. Because, you know, they tell you, hey, the market's averaged 10 or 12% a year since 2000 BC. And, you know, and, and basically if you save this much per month, you'll eventually be a millionaire and all that kind of stuff, right? But when you factor in like real rates of inflation, and even if they're conservative real rates of inflation, you factor that in, plus the market has only returned, the real returns has been 7.5% for the last 30 years, not 10 or 12. When you start to put the numbers in a calculator, you start to realize, wait a minute, you got to save, for some people, 100% of your income to even live on less than the lifestyle you have today. You know, it's just ridiculous. And, uh, and that, that's where I realized I couldn't be in integrity and teach that anymore. And that's why I quit in 2006. And it was at that time I started running to people that were millionaires. They were, some of them were investors. Some of them were different business owners and whatnot, right? But they all had that thing in common that they looked at money and, and investments so differently than that traditional world. And, and that's kind of like the world that we're in today, Fuquan. Like it's like the masterminds we're a part of now, right? It's like they love alternate investments. They would do things with real estate or, or they would do notes and different things like that, you know? And that kind of got me introduced to it to realize that there's a whole nother world. In fact, I can't, I mean, I remember in 2006 when I started to learn that you could actually get better returns than maybe 10 or 12% depending on what you do. Like when I started to run the numbers, I'm like, oh my gosh, like people could actually really become financially independent. Like, cause I got depressed because I was like, well, if I make inflation only one or 2%, then maybe somebody can retire on a, a semi okay lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. When I put in real numbers. And so I couldn't, I could, I had that war going on. But when that, that became an op option, when alternative investments can return way better, and in my opinion, in a lot of cases, safer if it's done right, way safer than the stock market with way more control and way more cash flow, right? That's when an alternative investments became a huge thing for me because it, it is about cash flow. It's, it's about the income it can create for you, not about the returns per se, right? It's about what kind of, at the end of the day, what kind of income can I create doing these kind of investments? And I'll tell you the only way that I've seen people be able to truly retire is doing things with alternative investments. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, it's, I've been in alternative investments all my life. I've never invested into the stock market. Um, you know, I, I do believe in diversity. Uh, <laughs> I do believe in diversity. I have a, a former partner who actually loves the stock market and she just won't stop investing. She's making great returns, but she does some real estate. Her portfolio is diverse with stocks and real estate. So she has a little diversity there. But give us three examples of how to get your money working for you. Like, what do you, like, when you consult with people, you talk to them about alternative investments, give me three things that you tell them to get that money to work for them. Like, how, what do you advise? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll use three different methods, but I'll use them with, with examples, client examples too, you know. So, uh, like, for example, I got a recent client in Hawaii, right? Um, their thing is, he's like, hey, I've got a business. I might sell it in a couple of years. I want to retire. In fact, they want to retire in the, on the, in the mainland instead of in Hawaii, right? They're like, Hey, we're kind of tired of Hawaii now. It's kind of high price. We kind of want to just go to the West coast of the mainland. And, uh, and so we started working together. And one of the big things we looked at for them was, all right, like where are your assets? Right. And one of the biggest assets they had, they had a paid off house. Mm -hmm. 
And this is kind of the controversial thing, right? Now, of course, if you're investing in the stock market, do not use money from your house into something that we're gambling because there is no, you're not investing if you're investing in the stock market. It's not investing, it's gambling really is what it's it is. Zero right? sum game. <laughs> yeah. And so now he was all on board. He's like, hey, I can get a HELOC here. And in Hawaii, they have awesome HELOCs. Uh, he could get a HELOC for 800,000. It would cost him 1,800 a month. Hmm. And I'm like, dang, like I can't even get that anywhere I am here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, that's cheap money. What could I, I could create with that? I'm like, man, even if you made 10% a year on that money, that's 80 grand a year off of something that costs you only, you know, 1800 a month, you know, like that's awesome. That's like 6,000 month profit almost. Yeah. Nice arbitrage. But his, his wife was like, I don't know. Like I, I don't want to risk our house. And I'm like, tell you what, put into real estate. At least you go from property to property. You know, you don't have to go into notes if you're not comfortable with that, but at least you can do something with real estate. Well, gradually she kind of, loosened up. She ran the numbers herself. She was really smart. You know, financially, she was more financial money than he was. But once she really started to understand how it all worked, she's like, well, heck, let's get a million dollar line of credit. <laughs> and so they did, you know, and they're, they're super pumped because they're like, Hey, we can make at least 70, 80 grand a year net profit above and beyond our mortgage payment with no money out of pocket. And so that was a, a one awesome place is that lately equity has been an, a huge untapped resource for a lot of people. And it's cool thing is I used to be a mortgage broker. So I love like figuring out like, okay, how we get the best financing in terms on the, the mortgage to be able to get the most cash out with the least out of pocket, the biggest profit from it, right? So that's one. Uh, two, another thing I find a lot of times is, uh, you know, again, they've got different assets in different places, right? They've got money in the market or not. And the biggest question I always get is, all right, I've got money in mutual funds or I've got an IRAs and 401ks and whatnot. And if you're working a job, of course you can't, get access to that 401k or very rarely you can unless you're over 60. But, um, but if they, if they got money in IRAs, they'll say, well, should I invest it here or there? Should I, you know, do, where, what should I do with this? And we'll talk about doing things like self-directed, right? You know, like self-directing the IRA. And sometimes I even get people where we even consider cashing it out. Now I never tell them to actually do that because like, you know, I don't, you know, I, I purposely got rid of licenses so I could have more freedom. But at the same time, I also can't just tell people, do this, right? I have to tell them, here are the options, here's the consequences and the rewards. You figure out which is most comfortable to you, but this gives you this result, this gives you this. And, uh, and sometimes we'll look at real estate as an option, right? And uh, I had one guy where he's like, well, should I cash it out, invest in real estate, or should I put an IRA and just go in these different notes? And we looked back and forth and, and it came out that the real estate had way better potential, even if he had the 10% penalty and a tax. And he only had five years. He was 54 years old. He only had five years before the IRA wouldn't be taxable anymore. But when he factored in all the numbers and the different returns you can get from real estate, he's like, okay, it's, yeah. it looks like it's a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I could get, I can make eight, 10% on a note, but I can make more with the real estate. So he went you know, that route. He cashed it out, took the hit. The cool thing is um, we actually did some things like you can invest in oil and gas, right? If you invest in oil investments, you get hundred percent write-off. So you can kind of negate some of that if you instead take that money over there, right? Um, I've had other people where, you know, we've done things like conservation easements, you know, where you essentially partner up with a bunch of people to buy a land that you then donate to the government. And the cool thing is you end up writing off like, you know, four to five times the amount of money. So if you, you know, and like I have one, another client where he is just doing 25 grand into one of them, but now he's getting a, almost like $120,000 write off on his taxes by, doing that. And the reason he does that is because his tax rate's over 30%. So if he can do that. It's like, well, dang, I just saved myself 15 grand, you know, and taxes yeah. by doing that way. 
So there's lots of ways you could do it. And taxes, that's another one. If you're a business owner or anything, there's lots of ways to save on taxes. And I've had some people free up like sometimes into the six figures a year on their taxes. It's insane, you know? That's awesome, man. You're adding a lot of value out there. What are two biggest mistakes financially you see people make? I know it's more than that, but just tell me two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, and yeah, I wouldn't call them mistakes. I just think like where they are mentally. Like I think the biggest myths that people buy into is, is one that they think they have to accumulate a lot of assets, right? I think that's one of the biggest problems that they think that to save up this money. And that's because we taught them that way as financial advisors and experts. And if you think about all the financial advice you've been given comes from a financial institution, like a bank or a mutual fund company or something, all the experts think about it. They're all trained by these companies, right? Even financial advisors, you, they really don't work for you. They work for those companies. That's why I had to leave the industry because all the trainings come from those companies. They train it down to the financial advisors to teach you. I mean, even things like insurance companies will teach you stuff to teach to other people like buy term, invest the difference. That was an insurance company that came up with that. Cause they said, Hey, ter- term insurance is our most profitable product because nobody dies with term insurance. It's like one half of 1% of cases ever pa- of people will die. Mm. So it's the most profitable product. It's cheap. So people want to buy it. They promote that like crazy, the financial advisor. So you buy it, but they do it because they know it's a waste of money for you. You know, if you do that long-term, right. You know, it's things like that. And so one of the biggest myths I see, of course, people will think, well, I got to store money, save it up, get like hoard up like a little, you know, like my nuts, like a squirrel, you know, and then eventually I can live off of less than the interest. They don't even say live on the interest. They say live on less than the interest. So you don't run out of money because of inflation. Right. So they'll say, all right, we'll live on two or 3% a year. Well, think about this. If you happen to save up a million bucks, you live on 3% a year. That's 30 grand a year. Congratulations. You are a broke poverty millionaire. Like, that, <laughs> like, why would I live below the poverty level as a millionaire? Right. But that's what they're telling you to do. Yeah. So most people, their answer is I got to save up a few million or more just to have a middle-class lifestyle. Right. When that same million bucks, even if you earned, like I said, like eight or 10% on that money, that's 80 or a hundred grand a year right now. It's so for people to switch from that accumulation mindset to an acceleration mindset, a cash flow mindset. That's one of the biggest things that people are having a hard time with. So that's, that would be number one. And then number two would be one I can already touch on a little bit, which is the whole perspective of debt. You know, is mm-hmm. debt good or bad? I get a lot of people, they end up becoming debt free and then they say, well, crap, now what? Like I did everything Dave Ramsey taught me and I'm still broke right? Like now I'm at just at zero. Like, cause I, I paid off all this debt. I even saved up a little bit, my mutual funds, which are like this, you know, all the time. So what do I do? You know, like I'm still won't be able to ever retire on that advice. And that's what people don't realize when they start going that path. Yes. He gives you good advice for budgeting and things like that. But beyond that, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him about investments. Don't listen to him about how to save money necessarily beyond like emergency fund stuff. When it comes to real investing and cash flow. You got to question everything you've been taught, including is debt good or bad? Because the fact is I get people that go debt free and then they come back to me and they end up getting more debt, but they use that debt just like that couple in Hawaii where they create more cash flow from it. And now they're like, that was the freedom I was hoping for, which I did not get going just debt free. Yeah. Just getting people to become conscious about what's out there and and how they can leverage certain things. And it goes with that, that, uh, posted about that, 
which you have on the back of your wall, I'm looking at it now, it says, live your life now and not tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> so Chris constantly practices and teaches uh, small business owners how to do what no other financial advisor can or will, achieve financial prosperity now and in the, and in the future, spending time doing what they love most. So I want to kind of plug, you have a podcast called Money Ripples. I was a guest on that. So yeah, that's pretty exited. Yeah, the Chris Miles Money Show. It's awesome. the Chris Miles Money Show. I'm sorry, yep. your company is Money Ripples. Yeah. And the podcast is Chris Miles Money Show. Um, and you, you also, you're on iTunes and Block Talk Radio mm-hmm. um, and everything else. You want to tell us something about that? Yeah, I know it's moneyripples.com is the site. Go ahead and, and plug some of your stuff that you have going on. Yeah, I, I my podcast, I love it. Like that's the place, that's my outlet. I mean, even when I was able to retire the second time, right? About three years ago, I was able to hit my freedom number again, even after the recession and everything. Um, that's where I've been teaching a lot of my stuff. You know, it's just, you know, about all kinds of things. Whether it's alternative investments, ways to improve your cash flow, um, even find more money, which you don't even realize you have, resources, things like that. Um, that's kind of stuff that I teach on that show. And so, yeah, I invite anybody, if you want to, if you want to learn more and, and get that different mindset, which is really required to hit that level of freedom, yeah, check out the Chris Miles Money Show. That's awesome. Hold on a second. Another bell. Freedom number. We got, we got a couple of minutes left on the show. Let's just end off with that. A lot of people don't really put in place what number they need uh, to mm-hmm. be free. Let's talk about freedom number. For sure. Like there's the, so there's a difference between financial independence and financial freedom, right? So freedom number usually referring to independence, which is, you know, how much do you need to make to pay for all your bills? So you work because you want to, not because you have to, right? That's the real key. And so if your expenses are like 8,000 a month, cool. Well, then we need at least probably to be safe. I'd say nine or 10,000 a month to get to that, that point, you know, just in case, right? I mean, that's the kind of thing we're trying to do. And, and so when I get people coming to me all the time, they're like, well, I think I need 10,000 or 15 or 20,000 a month or 30,000 a month, right? It's about how do we get to that number as quickly and safely as possible. Financial freedom is a little bit different. Financial freedom means you can do whatever the heck you want, when you want, and, uh, and have fun doing it, right? Like it's, it's that, that's where like life opens up to be much bigger. It's not just paying your bills. Now there's a whole lifestyle. And that lifestyle could be very simple. It doesn't mean you have to go buy a yacht or private jet. It's not like that. Um, it's, it's all about really like just doing what you love when you want to with those that you love. That's what it's really about. That's awesome. I was stuck on that for a while because I had made my number $50,000 a month. And then after I started to really sit and think, I was like, what do I need $50,000 a month for? I mean, I'm, I don't have a hundred room mansion. I don't have a right. Ferrari and all that. That's crazy. I'm killing myself trying to get to this number. I just just made this number up. And then I, you know, lowered that to something that is um, more realistic and mm-hmm. it's, it fits my lifestyle, my current lifestyle. And I was like, oh, okay, that's easy. So, you know, getting the freedom number is definitely a goal that you guys listening to this podcast are all set. Be sure to check out Chris on his show. Appreciate you coming on, brother. This is a really great event. Dropped a lot of knowledge here. Passion for real estate investments. Check, make sure you guys check us out on YouTube. Instagram, iTunes, and all of the above. Thanks a lot, man. Any parting words? Hey, you know what? I'll just say this. There's always hope. There's freedom is possible. You know, don't believe whatever you might think you've been taught because it's true. You act, there's always hope in a situation, no matter how bad you think it is, because I've done it. I'm, I'm not only retired once, I've retired twice, you know, so I guarantee you've never been in a worse situation than I've been in. And, and I've, 
I've been there. I've seen it. And I have eight kids in a blended family. So if I can do it, you can too. <laughs> That's it, guys. I really appreciate you coming on the platform and sharing this knowledge and wisdom. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day. Mm-hmm.